Hello and welcome to the Scrum, a podcast from WGBH News here in Boston, where we talk about politics and media from Beacon Hill to the Beltway and occasionally points west. I'm Adam Riley. Here with me is WGBHnews.org senior editor Peter Kadzis. Hello, Peter. Good day to you, Adam. <laughs> Listen, you just got back from New Hampshire. I did. Any snow still up there? Uh, I actually didn't see any snow. Okay, no snow, but there was Hillary. Uh, there was Hillary, yeah. Well, which Hillary did you see yesterday? You know, the high-energy Hillary, the folksy Hillary, good Hillary, bad Hillary. What was she like? Uh, I'll tell you what I saw was a woman who looked very good at interacting with members of the public. She she was in this very controlled setting yesterday. It was at a community college in Concord. She was sitting around a table with six people who had been chosen beforehand to talk about, you know, their concerns, specifically relating to education. The conversation was basically about how great the community college option is for a lot of people and how we should be getting more out of it. So she was talking with these six predetermined people. There was an audience of maybe about a dozen people, also predetermined, invite-only, who were watching this conversation. Controlled spontaneity. Controlled spontaneity. And then watching all this was, you know, those of us in the media, maybe about 60 of us, we totally outnumbered the quote-unquote average people who were there, many of whom were really trustees of this community college or local politicians. Um, And Clinton, I have to say, she's very good at listening to ordinary people talk, making it clear that she's attuned to what they just had to say, engaging with their comments, and then moving the conversation along accordingly. She seems like she is genuinely listening. I wondered, watching this whole event, if Hillary Clinton was missing an opportunity to have interactions with all the people who were waiting outside, who were eager to see her, shake her hand, have her sign pictures that she'd snap with them, you know, eight years ago or longer— Because outside of this hothouse environment, she wasn't interacting with people. And I feel like there's an opportunity cost for her taking this very, very guarded approach. So there's my rambling answer. Okay. Uh, Let me ask you one one question. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. um, Our senior senator here in Massachusetts. That's right. Has some very strong views on education, especially the unfairness of uh, the student loan program. Did... Warren's name come up at all? Warren's name didn't come up, but views that sounded a lot like Elizabeth Warren's did. Um, She talked about how it's unfair to have people go to college and rack up student loan debt and then come out of college without the skills that they need to get a job that will let them shoulder that loan debt. Uh, She talked also about how, I, I can't remember her exact turn of phrase, but the gist was we need to make being middle class be meaningful once again. She also made a comment about Uh, working to get big money out of politics and what might need to be done to undo Citizens United, the uh, famous slash infamous Supreme Court ruling. So that sounds pretty Warren-esque, right, wouldn't you say? certainly sounds populist. All right. I want to now bring in our guest this week, Erica Sagrins, the campaign manager for the Ready for Warren campaign, to get her to weigh in on what we just heard and a whole bunch of other stuff. Erica, welcome to the Scrum. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I hear, I just learned that you actually are, are you a Cambridge native? Am I getting that right? I am from Cambridge, yes. I live in Chicago these days, though. All right. So now that we've got the sort of local <laughs> credentials uh, piece of this interview out of the way, what is your, as you hear Hillary Clinton saying um, what uh, constitutional amendment to undo Citizens United, or as you hear her talking about how the economy has stalled out, 
various other comments she made uh, recently in New Hampshire. What's your reaction? I think it shows just you know, how much of an impact Elizabeth Warren has really had in this race already. I mean, she's you know saying she's not running, but she's uh, she's very much a part of what's happening in this. Uh, what Clinton has been saying these you know since she's announced, um, she's you know Warren has uh, really influenced uh, the debate and you know talking about money and politics, student loans, student debt. I think it shows you know that what Warren is saying is really resonating with people, and that Clinton and others are you know taking on some of it. Tell me a little bit about your professional background in terms of politics. What were you doing before you were working on this? And and give me just a sense of what your recent political resume is like. Sure. Um, well, I did work in Washington, D.C. for a while, um, for a few years there on Capitol Hill. And what were you doing? Guilty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I'm a professional political operative, but running a grassroots effort here. So um, what were but you yes, doing I, on the Hill? I worked for Nancy Pelosi after she became speaker, doing some online media work for her, um, and then worked for Organizing for America um, after Obama was elected, working on passing health care um, in D.C. And then I've been here in Chicago. I worked on uh, President Obama's second campaign in 2012. Um, I was also at the Working Families Party in New York and um, managed a, as a campaign manager for a, a local progressive candidate here who's now a state representative. So a lot of What's it's been working. What's that candidate's working. name? Our, our listeners probably won't um, know him or her, but. They might not know. Uh, they might not know him. His name is Will Gazzardi. He's um, a young progressive guy who's uh, now a new state rep in Chicago. But um, a lot of my work has been within the Democratic Party, sort of trying to push in a more Warren-esque direction, you might say, sort of, you know, bringing back that kind of more populist, progressive voice within the Democratic Party. So let me run a personal question by you. To what extent (laughs) is your interest in and excitement about Elizabeth Warren fueled by disappointment that President Obama has not been quite as progressive as a lot of people hoped he would be? Hmm. I think, I mean, I'm. there's some things that I'm very glad uh, Obama has done. Others I'm not as much with him. I mean, I'm proud to have supported him and worked on his campaign. Um, but I think there's, you know, always room for activists and progressives. It's not just enough to get someone in the White House. We always have to keep pushing. Um, so I think, you know, Warren would continue some of the, the good work he's done, but also push him further and push further, um, you know, on issues like trade, on things like, you know, having more... Uh, having advisors who are not as as closely associated with Wall Street, things like that, where they've been, you know, differing somewhat. And to what extent do the people who you work with uh, in your efforts at Ready for Warren, to what extent do you hear frustration among progressive Democrats about um, what the Obama White House has or hasn't done? I think there's some frustration, but I think that people always recognize that that the president is going to be limited um, and that it you know does take the president and also uh, Congress. So I think that it's, you know, it's a range of things. I think that people, some people are involved with Ready for Warren out of frustration or wanting things to be more progressive. Others are just very inspired and motivated by Warren herself. I mean, I think she's shown to be that kind of rare politician that people have really rallied behind and, and want to see as, as even more of a leader. Tell me about the mechanics of of what you do. When Ready for Warren organizes, what does that entail? Where do you go? Who do you speak with? And, you know, let's say, for example, you're in Iowa for a weekend, if in fact you go to Iowa. What do you do over the course of that weekend? 
Sure. I've been to Iowa uh, uh, several times over the course of the, the summer and the fall more so. Um, Warren was there campaigning for uh, candidates in Iowa as well. So I went and just, you know, we had T-shirts, we had bumper stickers, sign-up forms, very grassroots, you know, stood outside of her events and just talked to people um, about Warren. Or even we went to some other events, um, the Harkin Steak Fry, where Hillary Clinton spoke, and the State Fair in Iowa in the summer. Um, so, yeah, just had, had some Warren signs, materials started talking to people and asked them, you know, do you know who you're supporting? Who do you want to see run in, in 2016? Have you heard about Elizabeth Warren? And a lot of people actually, you know, have read her book. And so that's how they know about her, especially people in Iowa. So a lot of it's that, just getting out to different events. Um, we hear from people around the country all the time just asking how they can help. So it's partially figuring out how to plug them in, get them materials if they want to go to, you know, their state Democratic convention or events um, to represent Warren and talk to people about her. And a lot of it's, you know, some of it's media as well. I mean, I think that um, people out there and the media in general, you know, are excited by this idea and want to see a, a contested primary. So it's really kind of getting the message out and putting Warren's message into the 2016 debate. Erica, where does your money come from? I, I, I suspect mm-hmm. I know the answer, but, but tell our listeners, where does your money come from? Yeah, the vast majority of our money comes from small dollar donations that we raise online from our email list. Um, we have supporters around the country who give $5, $10. So most of it is really from that. Um, we have a few larger donors, but most of it is very small donations from people who just want to see her run. Sure. that I suspected that was the case. Yeah. Listen, let me ask you a question about the Republicans. While you're based in Chicago, it sounds like you're getting around the nation a bit. Try to make yourself sympathetic to people who are sympathetic to Republicans. I, I have to say that myself, um, I, I'm astounded that anyone would consider voting for most of these people. What do you think motivates Republican voters these days? And I would just add as an ancillary thing, to what extent do you think they might be receptive or some of them might be receptive to a figure like Warren? Right. I think I could say more about that question than what motivates uh, Republican well, voters. Well, then I, I gave think... you an out that I shouldn't have. So tackle <laughs> Peter's part first. You did. You stepped right <laughs> on my question. But go ahead. Answer either part. I mean, I think it's, you know, there are some similarities to, to what motivates Democratic voters. And I think that the thing that that we've seen with Warren is that she actually does uh, she does sort of inspire some uh, Republican voters as well. And people we've seen these focus groups. There was one in Colorado, I think, over the uh, fall where it was a mix of Democrats, independents, Republicans. And even some of the Republicans were saying, you know, wow, this I really want to see her run or she's the kind of person that I want to you know, have her over to my house for dinner. I think that what Warren speaks to is just the deep frustration at the way the system is not working for people, and it's working very well for you know some of the bankers and and folks at the very top. But, right, but not I got to do others. I got to do damage control for internal <laughs> WGBH purposes. Back to Peter's question: What what say what motivates a, say a Ted Cruz voter or a, a, someone who's really excited about casting a vote for Rand Paul? I mean, I think we've seen. Uh, I mean, I think that there are. I've met a lot of more libertarian inclined people. I mean, you know, yeah. people and um, who I think are excited about Rand Paul, and, and I think he's done some work to try and appeal to, to Democrats and progressives as well. Um, so I think for him, it's sort of he's kind of you know some uh, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz are kind of breaking out of what is sort of the the normal D.C. Republican mold, um, and I think people like that. So, if Hillary Clinton is the nominee. 
to what extent can she be a credible purveyor of economic populism, given how deeply her husband was involved in the deregulation of the financial markets in the 1990s and a lot of the bad stuff that followed from that? Would she need to, say, publicly repudiate uh, the policies that her husband enacted to, to become someone who could you know, make effective appeals to Elizabeth Warren uh, fans? Or would she not have to do something that dramatic? I do think she'd have to embrace more of what Warren has been saying and, and fighting for and and yeah, and talk about, you know, her how she has changed or evolved or what her stances are in some of those past policies, because I do think that'll come up. Um, but I think she has time to do that. And, you know, it's it's promising to see that she's gone so strongly on embracing some of Warren's positions or at least Warren's uh, words to begin with. Um, But hopefully she'll, you know, go further and embrace more of those positions, including, you know, talking about some of the past policies, too. Well, I know I know you want to see her embrace Warren's positions, but would she need to have, say, a sister soldier moment involving her husband saying, you know, my husband uh, gave the reins to Larry Summers and Bob Rubin, and that was a mistake? I think she would have to be more clear about what her relationship with Wall Street is going to be in terms of, you know, who she's going to surround herself with, her advisors, um, things like that. I don't know if she needs to, you know, specifically say that about um, her husband. But I think in terms of what her policies are going to be, how she's going to relate to Wall Street um, and who she's going to surround herself with, I think are important questions. This is a great opportunity for me to get my my very simple program for financial reform on the air. It's very mm-hmm. simple. Every Friday at the corner of Wall and Broad Street, you crucify a banker from the uh, above the vice president level. And I'll tell you, I think within <laughs> two or three weeks, um, we'd begin to see some real change on Wall Street. Adam is sitting here now with his hands in his head. I'm not sure whether he's laughing in horror or thinks I've totally lost my mind. But I think my program would be even more effective than Elizabeth Warren's. Uh, so my last question for you, Eric, is when when do you guys have to say to yourselves, OK, th- this isn't going to work out. She's not going to run for president. How much time do you have to make your case? It's we see it as still early in the process. I mean, Clinton, Hillary Clinton is the only candidate who's really announced. There is a little bit of time, but obviously things will move fast and we really do want to encourage Warren to get in the race now. So I think, you know, over the next few months, we'll we'll keep at it, keep focused on getting her in. But I think there definitely is a chance. Um, you know, we're the one group that's that's focused on getting her to run, and we're still seeing lots of momentum and people wanting to get involved and join. So um, we're 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 keeping at it, and uh, I think we can get her to get her to change her mind and do it. You know, Erica, listening to you uh, before we came in, I was thinking to myself, these people are crazy. <laughs> I still think you're a little bit crazy but in a good way. And uh, I'm impressed with the sincerity. In, in a very cynical age, I think it's amazing that so many people from coast to coast are willing to you know, make small contributions, put time and effort in to what's a long shot, but it, it shows where they have this. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think it is a very sincere effort and it's inspired by Warren. I mean, she's she's really tapped into something real that people are feeling. Um, and so it is a sincere effort to get her to run. Um, you know, I do think a lot of people, especially in the beginning, thought, well, these people are just insane. What are they doing? And, and actually, I think 
a lot of people have kind of come along more to the idea in terms of just seeing um, how we've really been able to push Warren into the debate and and elevate her and her role and sort of um, make her more part of, of the race. And we obviously want to very much see her run, but I think we've already had that impact. And so that's exciting to see as well. All right. We'll leave it there. Erica Sagrins is the campaign manager for Ready for Warren. Erica, thanks a ton for speaking with us. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Listen, politics has become too industrialized, too mechanized. There's no place for the individual. Erica and the people she's organizing represent a a whole crowd, a mob of individuals who want to be heard. At what point should uh, Erica Sagrins and her colleagues say, you know, we gave it a good try, but she's not going to do this? Well, before this conversation, I would have said tomorrow. Um, I, I think it would be fair to say around July 4th. That is, if they see the sort of progress they hope they see um, from not just Hillary Clinton, but other people who might run. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of The Scrum. If you like what you hear from us, please subscribe in iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review us so we can keep bringing you more episodes. You can find links to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and to past episodes of The Scrum on our website, wgbhnews.org slash scrum. Our producer is Abby Ruzica. Our engineer today was Alan Mattis. Special thanks this week to WBEZ in Chicago. Peter, I'll see you in the newsroom in about five minutes. You bet. All right. I'm Adam Riley. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Riley Adam. The Scrum is a production of WGBH News. Oh, 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 oh,